All right, welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Lakers Outsiders podcast. My name is Donnie McHenry. I am a writer, blogger, uh, absolute fool for Lakers Outsiders. Uh, I also write for Silver Screen and Roll. Uh, with me today and in future days is uh, my buddy Chris Walton, aka Walt. He is a also a writer for Lakers Outsiders. Walt, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Also being a fool for a game of basketball, a little gambling, a little just <laughs> watching some, uh, watching multiple games on my uh, my phone, my TV. So basically, my wife is divorcing me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> we are here to talk about Lakers basketball with you guys. If you've listened to our podcast before, you're probably trying to figure out if we are the same two guys who usually record podcasts on this feed. Well, we are not. Uh, you're thinking of Gary Kester and Hani Amadian. Those two will definitely be recording podcasts again in due time. But for the rest of the season and in the coming weeks, you'll get to listen to me and Walt blabber about our beloved Lakers. Uh, we'll probably be doing this weekly. No set days or anything, but definitely, um, definitely weekly in the middle of the week. You'll get to hear us recap what's been going on with the Lakers. Uh, maybe some fun stuff down the road. Might do some recaps of the uh, HBO scripted drama, the uh, winning time show about the 80s Showtime Lakers. Definitely super pumped for that in March. Uh, but yeah, for the time time being, we're just going to re- talk about the Lakers weekly. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in, and we would love your support as we continue on because Walt probably has more podcasting experience than me because mine is zero. Zilch. Uh, well, you probably got a little podcasting, right, underneath your belt? I got just a tad bit, man. You know, I I haven't quite mastered it like a lot of the uh, content creators and people that we know, but I dabbled in a little bit every now and then, just a little bit. He's dabbled, and I've already shown my ass by saying I've done zero, so have some patience with me. But, uh, (laughs) hey, let's go ahead and stop talking about ourselves and – getting some Lakers basketball. Uh, We're going to start with a little segment that we're going to try and lead off with uh, every week. It's called the Ron Artest, I love basketball, moment of the week. Got to keep Walt on his toes there. He definitely did not know I was going to scream that. So I I love him on his toes. My blood going. (laughs) There we go. Keep him on his toes. Keep me on my toes. Might switch it up week to week. We'll see, but... Yeah, we're going to start off by uh, trying to highlight something positive in honor of the time. Ron Artest just could not help himself but express his love for the game while at the charity stripe. So, Walt, I really need to stop talking. What is your Ron Artest I Love Basketball moment of the week? Oh, man, you all good. Uh, my I Love Basketball moment of the week. What thing did I see that I just loved? Um after they traded Rondo, man, somebody did like a montage of all the great Rondo, like not moments, but antics of him, like doing stupid stuff on the sideline, like trash talking people, doing that fake dap that he do when he go up to whoever he playing that night at the free throw line and be like, hey, good free throw, bro. Like, nah, I love stuff like that, man. I'm going to miss Rondo. Got to pour one out for him. Uh, he was a big reason we made one of the biggest reasons we made that 2020 NBA championship run in that bubble. Um, and I must thank him for his services 
And he gave us so many great moments as a Laker in so short time. I'm talking about so many good moments, bro. So, uh, yeah, that was my favorite moment of the week, even though it was on a sour note with him leaving. So there's that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I saw that same video you're talking about. And really one of the most underrated things he did uh, – well, off the court. I mean, I feel like we're kind of talking about his foolish antics. <laughs> well, on the court, but not really involving basketball. That one earlier this season where he essentially got that guy kicked out at Staples, uh, <laughs> like at the corner of the court, the and he was just pointing pointing the gun in that guy's <laughs> face. And I know, I know for a fact, whoever that guy was definitely said something stupid beforehand to deserve Rondo's uh, Rondo's finger guns right in his face. Uh, but then the guy just slapped the guns out of his face, and then uh, Ronda brought the gun back, pulled the trigger, bow, you're yeah. gone. Got kicked out right after that. Des- I mean, deservedly so. Yeah, deservedly man. so. You can't be touching the players. Uh, yeah. no matter if they're a better person than Rondo. Nah, no matter, even if they're pointing fake guns in your face, yes, handguns, or if Rondo spit, or if Rondo's spitting on him. I hope he didn't yeah, spit on him. But yeah, me too. We know we know he kind of likes that. Uh, yeah, man, that's a good one. Uh, I definitely think we ought to hi- highlight uh, Malik. Malik, as I say, I can't say his first name normal. I just can't do it. I say it. Malik. Malik Monk's been killing it lately, uh, especially on Tuesday against the Kings. I believe he had 26 points, um, something like that. He had six threes. Uh, swear he had more. Seemed like he was just hitting every single one he took, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. Him and LeBron went off. Um, but yeah, what have you been thinking about Malik lately? Man, Malik has been getting it out of the mud. I actually got a piece that's coming out on LakersOutsiders.com tomorrow, so everybody check that out when it drops. We'll make sure we push and plug it. Um, but as far as that piece and how it relates to our feelings about Malik is – as he expresses, free agency wasn't the best, which I was actually surprised given how I understand that basically Charlotte didn't have any more room for him with LaMelo Ball coming to his own, Terry Rozier pretty much playing the role that, you know, I would say that he played for the Lakers as far as being like that combo guard that can get their own shot, get hot real quick, put up a lot of points on the board. And then they uh, they drafted James Booknight. So, um, you know, they didn't extend a qualifying offer to him, but I think any – People should have been beating down his door. If his value was that low to the point that the Hornets was like, you know what, we won't even do the basics, which is just extend the offer to you and keep you around one more year, let you prove yourself and maybe trade you during the trade deadline. They pretty much just let him walk. And then as he told everybody, nobody had any interest in him. So I'm glad that, you know, we we had interest in him. Obviously LeBron, which I'll go in a little bit into in that piece, and it's already been out there. He had interest in him. So that goes the advocate on top of the Lakers doing it. Um, I think that gave him that confidence he needed. And just knowing that he was going to have a definite role on the team. He didn't have to worry about the things he worried about in Charlotte where he, he only started one game, I think, his whole time with Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken. And um, now, you know, he he pretty much – he making a case to be in the starting lineup for the rest of the season. And on top of that, he's making a very positive impact on the offensive end, scoring in the ballpark about 12 points a game, crazy efficiency, um, shooting real confident from deep, 
real good uh, chemistry with LeBron, you know, in that two-man game. And that's pretty much been all year, even though he, last night was like on another level. But all year long, they've been pretty good playing that two-man game. Um, and it's just a perfect situation for him. And I hope that he consider that when he go into free agency next year, depending on what the Lakers cap situation like. And we can keep him around. When they signed him, bro, I said, this is my favorite player all year long, outside of the people I like to watch on the team. But I knew I was going to love Malik Monk, bro. It's just something. I love gunners, bro. What can I say? I love combo guards, gunners, and wings. Just throw them on the court, let them do what they do. And it's just like a buffet for me, bro. Basketball buffet. So I'm proud of him, and I hope he keep it up. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really have, like, any expectations um, for him when we signed him. I thought it was wild that he got a veteran minimum contract. I like, saw that. I was like, I mean, I know you can get veteran minimum contracts to anyone, but is he even like, are we even allowed to give him a veteran minimum contract? Like, how old is this guy? Um, but yeah, he's just been ridiculous. And yeah, like you said, his there's just sometimes like you know, two guys get together on a court and they just have stupid chemistry for no reason. They've only been, I mean, Malik and LeBron have only been playing basketball together for what, four months now? Not even. Mm -hmm. Not even that. that, Barely even three months. Mm -hmm. And it kind of seems like they've been together, you know, for a couple seasons now. Granted, LeBron can basically do that with basically anyone. But yeah, it's been really interesting to watch them. Like you said, he's just kind of a, you know, he goes out there and plays free. And it's been interesting to watch the Lakers let him play free. Uh, so many moments last night, even aside from the threes of just driving and just getting his shot um, in traffic, you know, pulling up for a little jumper, like in the middle of the paint and mm-hmm. getting it to go. Um, he's been crazy. And yeah, it's kind of funny to, you know, be January 5th thinking about, uh, a veteran minimum guy's <laughs> free agency this year or this offseason and how we can retain him. But yeah, man, I mean, he's been doing it basically all season. Uh, there's really only been, you know, mostly because of injuries and COVID. There's only been a few guys who have been, you know, doing work all season. It's been LeBron. It's been him. And I don't know, Carmelo. And that's about it. I mean, we all, we'll talk about Russ later. We all know Russ is up and down. Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, you know, got injured and he's kind of had his shooting struggles, uh, mm-hmm. to put it lightly. So, yeah, man, kind of think, kind of think, I wonder if Malik's been uh, looking at Kendrick Nunn on the bench, just like, you scumbag. You took, <laughs> my, you took my taxpayer MLE, man. I should be making five mil this year, not 1.8 million or whatever the heck the veteran minimum is. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you, man. While, man. While, none is, while none is in street clothes. Mm-hmm. Man, living in LA, just chilling out, just, just chilling. He'll, he'll be back. He'll he'll be back or not back. He hasn't played at all. Well, he played in the preseason, but he'll be uh, Kendrick Nunn will be making his debut. Kind of seems like uh, in like a week's time, maybe. Uh, Phil Handy was Phil Handy was putting out the the bat signal for everyone on Instagram, mm-hmm. showing the showing the picture of him and Nunn getting some pregame work t- or telling everyone he's about to come back, but. Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and, uh, move on to, like I said, talk a little bit about Russ. I mean, I don't think you can have a Lakers podcast these days without talking about Russ, uh, whether it's positive or negative, but Mm -hmm. yeah, on Tuesday, Lakers beat the Kings. 
Uh, Malik Monk, like I said, uh, kept him in it basically the entire time and then helped uh, assist with LeBron to ice the game at the end. Uh, another noteworthy thing other than Monk scoring 24 points in that game was Russell Westbrook getting zero or having zero turnovers during the game. Uh, all the statisticians uh, found that out and pointed out that was the first regular season game since 2016 where he had zero turnovers. Uh, Jeannie, I saw Jeannie, who produces the Laker Film Room podcast, note today. Uh, she had a note for everyone that he did do. He did have zero turnovers in a playoff game in the. I believe she said that it was the 2020 playoffs. So mm-hmm. mm. let's give let's give Russ let's give Russ a little credit here, and especially for a more you know important game like a playoff game. But still, I think before 2020, it was uh, it did not happen for him until uh, back all the way in 2016. And uh, that game came at a really interesting time because we're getting some more reports that the Lakers are mulling over the idea of trading him or at least having internal thoughts about, looks like this experiment isn't working so well right now. Uh, I believe the most recent report came from Sam Amick of The Athletic. So, Walt, what do you think about Russ overall this whole season and the crazy idea i mean it would just i feel like it would break nba twitter if they traded them uh just the idea of trading him man i do think from what i what i was privy to that and it it only makes sense that it was a uneven feeling as far as you know whether they wanted to bring russ in or you know if they didn't want to so i think it's only right for them to do their due diligence with how I don't say that the season's bad because there's been so many injuries to just absolutely say they had a bad season. Um, but the season's been underwhelming. Um, when you do couple in the inconsistency with Russ and the turnovers and then the fit and then, you know, the AD being down and him not being um, – being able to play up to the best of his ability and then LeBron being out and so on and so forth. Um, I think when it comes to the – oh, what did it say? Over – is it covert over trading of trying to trade Russell Westbrook specifically with Ben Simmons. My read on that is that Ben Simmons has always had the Lakers on his list. So of course, if he's floating that idea out to Rich Paul and clutch, Rich Paul is going to float the idea out to Rob Palenka. We have to be honest. We have to be real. We know that tampering is illegal, but we also have to come on guys. We know what's up, but I think when you combine all of that, you do get into this, situation where as Rob Palenka you do call the Sixers and say hey what would a trade for Ben Simmons look like would it be our biggest salary which is Russell Westbrook for example and then so on and so forth so that's where you that road leads to um and I think that specific players they're going to do their due diligence on like I wouldn't be surprised if in a few weeks we hear that they did call about Dame Lillard not that when people hear people say they try to trade for somebody when I get a read on that, it's usually like that, just that. They probably called and said, what would a deal look like if you guys do decide to trade Dame Lillard if he has interest in being traded to us? They have to be prepared to know what pieces to put on the board to know what days that they can sign a player to attend a contract and stuff like that. They have to know that because it affects so much of the back end with the money, the taxes, and everything else. So I don't doubt that they're calling teams with players who are like teeter-tottering, 
between a bad situation and then thinking about, you know, hey, maybe I do want to try to pull an AD and if the Lakers on my list, try to see if we can get a trade done. That's what happened when you are – it ain't so much that they want to trade – and this goes to THT too. It ain't so much they want to trade them because they don't believe in them or they not they don't see them completely a part of the the plans to try to make a playoff run or whatnot. It's just about like getting better. Cause if they were twenty three and what fifteen, of course they, they probably would make any calls. Well, they probably still make the Ben Simmons call because they just have <laughs> to. You know what I'm saying? You gotta do that. Yeah. But they probably wouldn't make as many calls. But I think it's just all about trying to get better. And unfortunately for Russ, you know, he hasn't really – they expected him to come in and be the third star. I know everybody's feelings as far as saying, okay, he only turned the ball over this much tonight. He only shot this much tonight. Man, they got Russ to be a third star. And you and, you just and have he's turned the and and everyone can book it right now. He's turned the ball over at least six times uh, in their next. Well, game. Friday, <laughs> like yeah. he's not like I we're I mean it, like I just said it it only happened in twenty twenty playoffs and then twenty sixteen. Like we will not be seeing another zero turnover game from him this year, unless yeah. unless Frank Vogel benches him for like the last three quarters or something. But if he does that, that means that means Russ had five turnovers in the first quarter. Exactly. So I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, in my mind, I don't even – I'm kind of, like, surprised that we're even talking about it, to be honest, because once I saw – like, just that day, once I saw Russell Westbrook trade the Lakers, I was like, okay, you guys have made your bed. Now you got to lie in it. You know, it better not be. I literally feel like I remember thinking, like, you guys better not start, you know, getting cold feet about this decision, like, only, you know, two months into the season. And what do you know? Here we are. Uh, I mean, these rumors were surfacing definitely in December, and they're still going on now. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, it's, I mean, what he's getting paid, he's getting paid at least $40 million a year. I think it's a little over $40 million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons is really the only realistic option. Uh, it's absolutely crazy to me to think that Ben Simmons hasn't played basketball this season and we just haven't even heard. Of him. I mean, I guess I'm glad we haven't heard anything from that situation because that was getting real annoying, real mm-hmm. grim, honestly, over there in uh, Philly, just getting constant daily reports from Shams and Woj about mental health and whatnot. No, yeah. stop. Um, but yeah, I don't really know. I mean, it's also just funny how Ben Simmons is also, uh, a point guard with essentially the same issues as Russ, but, uh, obviously Simmons is, I'd say one of the better, um, perimeter defenders in the league, uh, or just wing defenders in general. The man is huge, mm-hmm. uh, and is always getting his hand in the middle of everything, um, deflecting, getting steals here and there. But I don't know. I or Like I said, when I saw them make the deal, you know, in my mind, I was like, you guys can't go back on this. You just can't. You know, everyone says there's no contract that's untradeable. And, you know, Lakers trading for Russ really proved that. But that's also a situation where the Wizards were trying to get off him because they knew they didn't really have any championship hopes, even with him. And, you know, they thought, you know, we might as well get some assets. Like you kind of said, like, it's not like the Lakers think, 
thought like Kyle Kuzma, KCP, and even Trez stink. Like, it's not like they think those guys are bad players. I feel like they loved Kuz uh, and loved KCP. Um, but like you said, it's about getting better. And, you know, that's why I was like, okay, I hope you guys think and are confident that you guys are getting better right now because you guys are not going to be able to reverse this one. Mm. And like I said, it's, you know, everyone says no contract is untradeable, but, you know, it's not like the Lakers are trying to get off Russ to look towards the future. The Lakers are trying to get off Russ to look towards June in Mm. literally five months. Like they're trying to contend for a championship. It's championship or bust. Uh, I mean, every year in Lakerland, let alone if, you know, LeBron James and AD are on your team. I feel like I've seen, I mean, a couple months ago, I feel like I saw like people like saying, well, why don't they just trade AD? Stop. That's, that's just not, not happening. Happen. That's not going to happen. Like, I'm sorry, guys. We are literally barely, not even, I don't even know how long it's been since they won the championship, but it's not been that long. And AD was arguably playing better than LeBron during that championship. Like, mm-hmm. sorry. I know he's been struggling this year, and I know you guys want to improve the team or whatnot. That's not happening, and I don't know. We'll see, but I definitely don't really see. I mean, I don't think there's anything else out there other than just, you know, straight-up Westbrook for Ben Simmons and then whatever Mm -hmm. other random contracts make all the money work. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we will see. I personally think, all things considered, I don't know, after that opening night against the Warriors, I was foreseeing a season that was, for Russ individually, and his fit on the team, that was going to be way worse than what we've got so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that regard, I feel like I've been pleasantly surprised about how he's fit and how, and you know, some of the big games he's been able to have, despite uh, his, I'd say his two worst games of the season, of course, mm-hmm. coming on opening <laughs> night and Christmas Day when, you know, the whole world's watching the Lakers, you know. No one's watching, no one's watching the, the road game in San Antonio that goes to OT with LeBron James not on the court. Like, no right. chance. No one's watching that. Yeah, um, but, yeah. Yeah, my my thing is I, I feel like they're trending somewhat in the right direction with how they're using Russ. And it's up to them to, you know, they know in their heart of hearts, they can't trade Russell Westbrook. And not so much they can't. They can't trade him, and then they can't trade him logistically because nobody's going to take them. But what you can do is you do have to rectify some of these mistakes. Um, right now on their roster, they got like three players that to a way lesser level because Russ do still has some elite moments. They basically do the same thing that Russ does as far as I want to get to the rim. I want to get to the teeth of the, the defense and either try to finish or want to kick out. I mean, you got two players that can – pretty much do that um LeBron does it consistently and then you have Russ who can do it if he can't do it 100% of the time I'll say the percentage is somewhere between like 65 to 75% of the time um but you got players doing the same things so right now anything they do basically should be about um complimenting Russ if that makes sense because LeBron can plug and fit into anywhere I feel the same way about AD. Most people don't yeah. really do because the most important part of the AD game that needs to be elite is his defense, which it has been. And with LeBron playing the way that he's playing, you could you you can afford to have 
the AD that we don't like to see? Because I know that AD in a 16 – well, however many games they play in the playoffs between 16 to whatever amount of games, I think we'll get – Hopefully not four. Right. Hopefully not four, not eight. <laughs> but – uh, yeah, or, I think or, or two or two, two playing two, play-in two, games. <laughs> how many good games they had before they lost to Phoenix? Uh, three good games. More than I think we can get uh we can get a good percentage of games in the playoffs where you'll get great AD on both ends. So they should do things to complement Russ more. They definitely need to be looking at getting a younger big quote unquote. Because yeah. I think that they're starting to – they're not playing the same way as the Rockets. But structurally, if you hear the things they're saying, um, prime example with Stanley Johnson, they call him – I ain't never seen no free agency announcement like that, bro. What, <laughs> Stanley like, Johnson today? Yeah, the ambiguous language, which I understand why they did that. But then it was like small ball – what they call him, small ball, big man or something? like. I was like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I f- okay, I feel that. The only they, they reason like, he's a the only reason he's a small ball big man is because uh, he has to get tasked to guard the center when LeBron doesn't want to when LeBron's actually the center on the court. Exactly. So I okay I, I guess they, they they like all in I, and that that that's what I thought that they would do from the get go where they would use Russ like they used him in um, Houston and he basically would be like the de facto small forward like LeBron would basically be. LeBron, I don't care where you put him at in the lineup. I always consider him the point guard because the offense is going to go through him. He yeah. had the ball in his hands in clinch time. And AD is the five. And I was like, well, whoever will be the four. And I thought that Russ would be the three, if that makes sense, where he, he might have the ball bringing it down like a point guard, but he's going to be like an old school small forward. You know, mm-hmm. small, not these, not the new age small forwards that can shoot from 70, <laughs> from, uh, not 70 feet, 30 feet, and, you know, dribble, handle, or whatever. And he still can do those things, but he basically will operate like an old-school small forward, all inside the art dunker spot, um, you know, do some action from beyond the three-point line, and that's it. And they're starting to trend towards that, which is good. And um, he just got to embrace that himself and then just pick and choose his moments when he's like – when his minutes get staggered with LeBron, and that's when he can be assertive. And that's when I don't mind having – Turnovers, but not like these crazy turnovers with like <laughs> the low oh, light. Man. He has I don't some need the stupid stuff. Rims. Yeah. Oh man, he does. and even like uh, <laughs> even Tuesday night, uh, you know, everyone's. I I felt like we were celebrating Russ getting zero turnovers, like it was Kobe getting eighty-one points. Mm-hmm. But like, I loved even with that. There was like a, the I I didn't watch the game live. I rewatched it today. But there was that clip phone run I saw before I even rewatched of him uh, attempt that bank shot. It, it just like it almost missed the entire backboard. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, life. man, like you can't even like we can't even pat you on the back about the zero turnovers and like a decently efficient yeah. game without you having <laughs> just one of these bank shots that almost you know hits the person in the fourth row. Right at this point, I just want him to just shoot the jumper, just shoot it, because I'd rather you shoot the jumper because when you. Listen, when you shoot a, I'll be honest. I just want him to. I want him to drive every single time. Drive every time. If it's, I don't mind that. If either. it's, if it's, if balls in his hand and there's like, you know, eight, seven seconds left on the shot clock, I want him to just drive to the shot clock. And even if he does, he loves to do the thing where he's driving 
he gets fouled so gently yeah. and he does a does a thing where he throws his hands in there and the ball goes ball again goes flying into the yeah. fourth row. He did that. He did that on Tuesday. And I was like, and I was like, they didn't show like the replay, but I was like, that's not a foul. There's no shot. <laughs> yeah. It might have been he might have been touched, but it wasn't it wasn't enough to, you know, flail his to arms flail, back. Yeah. Put the ball in the um uh, in the terrace. Yeah, man. I don't but yeah, it's kinda interesting you say like I didn't I've never really thought about it like an old school small four, but even if you like think about that uh, game winning play or game winning shot that Austin Reeves had against Dallas, uh, it seems like so long ago right now, but it's less than a month ago when uh, like Russ was kind of just stationed like in the corner, um, in the corner three spot. And then, you know, he got that ball and it's like, uh, I remember when he got that ball, I was like, no, no, no. And he's got really good this season of, you know, just baiting the defense of running out at him, which I don't know why you would ever do as a, as a defense. But then just hitting that pump fake and then, you know, getting into the paint. Um, yeah, it is crazy that they've really just fully bought into the small ball stuff because, uh, I don't know, like I was just writing this week just about like LeBron at the center. It's just like, it's insane to just write like LeBron James is the Lakers center right now. Mm-hmm. And like, I know Anthony Davis is out, but it's just wild to just think like LeBron's will- willfully just being like, yeah, I'm going to play center. LeBron's wolf, more willfully playing center than AD. Yeah, man. And I'm what more excited. Here? I'm more, bro, I'm more excited about – I kind of wish they would empower AD a little bit more to – because my read on Anthony Davis is he need carrots to be engaged. I think they need to start giving him more, like, ball handling responsibilities because he can do it. You don't want him, like, yeah. bringing it up, like, you know. Like I feel like there was a thing he did oh. a lot in uh, the championship season, especially in like the regular season. Just you know, um, you know, I feel like he, and I think this is a fair criticism of him this year. I mean, I don't really like. What are you going to do about him missing shots? Like mm-hmm. people, like people, like I mean, we need to. You know, it's been said ad nauseum, but like we need to quit acting like he shoot. He's been shooting his whole career like he did in the twenty twenty playoffs. So if you look at his shooting numbers throughout his career, it's pretty close to what he's been doing this season. And yeah, it's been bad. Granted, the three the three pointers have been absolutely preposterous. But mm-hmm. uh like the mid range, you know, percentages, like that's what he's been doing his whole entire career. Um but like I feel like in the championship season it would be, you know, one of those things where he'd turn around, you know, square up, and then, you know, in this season, you know, he kind of just pulls up for that, you know, mid range jumper or does one dribble into the mid range jumper. Whereas, you know, championship season, I feel like you're, like you said, he'd be getting into his ball handling, cross over the guy. Like, he's almost certainly going to be getting guarded by the opposing team's center. And, like, who who in the NBA can, like, guard Anthony Davis when he's doing that ball handling? Like, Giannis, mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton has given some troubles. But, like, how many more other guys are there? I feel like there's not many uh, mm-hmm. that are, you know, not, not, you know, they're going to be centers, so they might be too slow or whatever, what have you. Um, but, yeah, then I wanted to note before we move on, uh, you kind of said, like, you could see AD, you were saying, you know, LeBron can work with whatever. We need to, you mm-hmm. know, kind of compliment Russ. And, you know, you felt like AD can, you know, just plug in and, you know, get to it. And I kind of felt the same way. And a little shameless plug. Uh, 
I wrote basically about that today on uh, Lakers Outsiders, so hey. go check that out. Go check that out. I wrote that, well, I guess it's going to be yesterday when you guys are listening to this. And, of course, get on there and check out Walt's piece. That should be up there at literally the time you're listening to this. So, yes. so but, yeah, like I said, or I feel like he can seamlessly just fit back in, even if he's, like, not shooting well. Um, you know, they've just been making the bread on just cutting to the rim endlessly. And I feel like that's always been one of his best traits is just recklessly, you know, running towards the rim. LeBron finds him and he's got such nice touch around the rim where, you know, if he doesn't get fouled, I mean, I'll take him getting fouled on uh, getting to the free throw line. But if he doesn't get fouled, he always finds a way to, you know, lay it up and in, uh, if not dunk it. And obviously he's such an insane lob threat. That, that was another thing I've been thinking, and you talked about his defense, but I've been thinking, you know, we've been winning games. The Lakers have won four of the last five, but keep thinking, like, oh, man, defense would be so much better right now with AD man. out there. Or, like, uh, or just the, the other night against the Timberwolves gave up, whatever, 20 offensive rebounds. Like, AD's actually been pretty good rebounding this season. I'd yeah. say that's, like, one of the more underrated things he's been doing this year. Yeah, because um, teams know, they know. When they play the Lakers, what they're doing is this small ball thing. They understand we we're we're a relatively small team on the wings, which it, it it ain't no secret why we struggle against teams like Minnesota. We struggle against the Grizzlies because um, these teams like got bigger players, like with the Grizzlies, ja. with the exception. Of, ja, yeah, Ja pretty like even though he's a, he's a ja small guard, but yeah, he like a rank kind of a rangy, and he he's athletic too. And people forget like how much that make up for like all of these other things we talk about being big. Like if you fast, mm-hmm. bro, being fast and just having like that, you know, the IQ when I when I think about hard. when I think about those like big wings that give us trouble, I I just thank the Lord every day that we don't have to play the Chicago Bulls four times in a season because Mark Rosen would cook us every time, just like mm-hmm. he did in that most recent game. Yeah, um, Kings too. That's why we struggle against the Kings. They got a bunch of fast Barnes. athletic just go do whatever man and yes yeah, i hate it like i feel like even andrew wiggins is like giving a struggle sometimes just that mm-hmm. you know really tall big wing who can pretty decently you know get to his spots and get to his shots like wiggins is decent at that someone like demar DeRozan is elite <laughs> at that if not mvp levels this season so mm-hmm. and then yeah it's like jaw jaw's pretty tall you know he's super lanky and like skinny but like you said, he's also got that speed, though. Um, and, like, those guys, I'm a little worried about Friday against the Hawks because uh, teams that have those, you know, speedy little guards, you know, when they get us in the pick-and-roll, you know, they cook us from time to time. Or not yeah. from time to time, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely a little worried about that. But, yeah, our actually kind of good, nice little segue, other than talking rush trade talk, I was going to ask you what you thought. I mean, trade deadline's coming up on February 10th, I believe. 10th or 11th. I think it's 10th. The 10th, um, the 10th, I think. Yeah, February 10th. We've really, today we got rumors that, well, Wednesday. Wednesday we got rumors that the Lakers are going to be looking at trading. Sorry, I'm just laughing. Uh, trading DeAndre Jordan and or Kent Bazemore. I'm just laughing at someone trading for DeAndre Jordan. But, yeah, the trade rumors are kind of heating up. We've already had rumors that the Lakers are kind of pursuing uh, the Pistons' Jeremy Grant. 
So I wanted to ask you, out of these three situations, what do you think is most realistic and what do you think you'd want the most between doing a massive rush trade, one, two, doing a semi-big deal for like Jeremy Grant or someone of his ilk where we're throwing in THT and or none, possibly both, and whatever else we need to do to get the deal done, or just trade away, you know, these guys like Jordan and Bazemore, creating some roster spots, uh, getting some buyout guys, and or possibly getting like some guys we can attain with some second rounders and like Bazemore or something like that. Um, I've heard people talk about Kenrick. I don't even know how to say his first name, to be honest. I think it's Kenrick Williams on mm-hmm. the uh, on the Thunder. He's a bit oh, of a wing man. guy, kind of like Stanley Johnson's ilk who could come in. I mean, just watching – I mean, I'll talk about what I think they should do after hearing from you, but it is pretty crazy to see Stanley Johnson walk in and immediately just be a contributor. So, yeah, within, in regards to those situations, what do you think they should do and what would you want them to do? I mean, I think they should get very uh, – they should get creative, which they have, as far as trying to explore. Um, They don't have all the assets to complete the trades that I know they would want to complete. But they do have elite scouting. They got relationships around the league as far as, like, the coaching staff and people that know people. So they have to use that and leverage that to their advantage. Um, And you have to – these young dudes are hungry, man. Young dudes are hungry, and their situation is probably more fit for some of these, like, wayward guys you're seeing that shake loose from these rosters, like the – with Stanley, he he jumps out. He stands out because of they don't have any athleticism. They have nobody like him or near like him on the roster. So him, they, just, had, no, they had like no wings before him. Yeah, he'll just exist in his like ah a godsend. And uh, it's a reason why, even though he looked like he hadn't played basketball in three years, but he did. There were moments where I was like, and I still don't. I'm still not entirely sure, bro, that they have just completely like. Well, I think they have because they they kind of announced it. I wouldn't be surprised if we if depending on what moves they can make, depending on how the roster looks. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Darren Collinson like is like around or still like linked. Um, because like we talked about earlier, man, it sounds good. I hear them talking about all this stuff about Kendrick Nunn gonna have a big role and all of these things. But, man, I think at the end of the day, you don't want to get yourself in a situation where you got, like, a total roster crunch. And with Monk playing so well, mm-hmm. not that it takes away the need for Kendrick Nunn because they're, like, two different players and they do play differently. But, I mean, Kendrick Nunn is, like, the other valuable piece when it comes to, like, trying to make these trades you're talking about. Yeah. You want I, Jeremy Grant, it's going to have to be Kendrick Nunn and TAC together. Yeah. I, I do think – I don't know. I have a feeling that they're probably going to trade Kendrick Nunn. Mm-hmm. Like, either way. It's going to be... It's. I think it's the THT part that's going to make them have hesitation or whatever. Uh, one, because of the clutch clutch aspect. Uh, but then, obviously, just because, like, you know, he's, like, literally their last, their last type of young guy that they haven't pawned off uh, in terms of, you know, trying to get someone else to get to the championship level and 
Yeah, I don't know. I when I first like heard, you know, the Jeremy Grant rumors, I think they kind of surfaced probably a month ago, maybe even a little bit more than that at this point. Mm. I wasn't like super in love with it. I could kind of see why people wanted it. Um, but like I said previously, just watching Stanley Johnson literally walk in, you know, from essentially South Bay Lakers. He went, I can't remember where he went to go play a 10 day contract, but essentially walking Chicago? in from the G League. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's essentially walking in from the G League and just like essentially becoming a starter for us. I know like Anthony Davis is out and whatever, but he was starting for us before his 10 day contract uh, ended. Mm hmm. And, you know, like, if we got Grant, we really don't need him to do anything else other than provide some good defense, rebound, and just be that, you know, wing defender that we can deploy on people, like I just said, like Damar, uh, yeah. or even like Jaw, just put a big guy in front of Jaw and see if Jaw can get around him. Uh, you know, like with LeBron, Russ, AD, Monk, Carmelo, even like THT, I mean, well, I guess we wouldn't have THG if we pawned him <laughs> off of Grant. But with those aforementioned five guys, like, I think we got all the offense we really need. We just need, we needed to get to the small ball stuff to really unlock everyone, get DeAndre Jordan out of the freaking paint. Uh, so LeBron and Russ and AD, can everyone everyone can get in there. Even, even bringing Avery Bradley, all those insane cuts where they can find him. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, it kind of seems like, that's the most that's like the the you know it's not the craziest trade like you know you know trying to trade russ for ben simmons and it's not something like you know getting like i said like getting like kenrick williams where it's like is that really like doing crazy stuff for this like i feel like that's just like a depth move which i mean we could use like you know the actual wing depth but jeremy grant could be like it could be ad lebron jeremy grant monk and Russ starting for us in the playoffs. And that sounds pretty good to me. Um, you know, with Carmelo and Stanley Johnson, Reeves, Bradley, uh, and whatnot coming off the bench, that's pretty good team to me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but felt like we should talk about the trade stuff just because of the Russ rumors. And uh, it seems like DeAndre Jordan's days as the Lakers are numbered. Thank the Lord. Uh, Kent Bazemore. I, I had high hopes for Kent Bazemore, but he struggled yeah. out of the gate. He did Very not have crispy. any COVID excuse or injury excuse whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see what goes on uh, in the next few weeks. Trade deadline in just a little over a month. Um, do you have any other, you know, Trade deadline thoughts or any other thoughts about the Lakers before we get out of here? Uh, like I said, I just want to see them be creative and uh, buddy up with the Thunder, man. The Thunder got at least three players that they could use that are very affordable I mean, that wouldn't even cost them THT. It'll probably cost them maybe their 2027 pick or a second rounder. But Yeah, that's the, the thing. I mean, you, you never know. Yeah, I mean, with the Thunder or any of the other like bottom-dwelling teams, uh, you never know who's going to get bought out or whatever like that. Um, I mean, I still think Markeith Morris might be one of the best buyout acquisitions of all time, uh, yeah. considering yes. what he was able to do for us in the 2020 NBA playoffs. He started for us, right? He started for us, right? Yes, they, they low-key miss him. They miss him bad. 
Hey, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, well, I mean, hey, if he was with us, Jokic wouldn't have taken that cheap shot on him, all right? And he'd be perfectly fine right now, okay? And we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't have Stanley Johnson coming in and thinking like, oh my gosh, all we needed was a wing. Because we would have had Marquise Morris there. (laughs) And we wouldn't be thinking, oh man, we need to go get Jeremy Grant. Because we'd have Marquise Morris there. Exactly. But Thanks. He's, hey, he must have got hurt bad, man. He might need to sue Jokic, bro. I'm not. I'm not wrong, right? He's still out. <laughs> yeah, he's right? still out. Yeah. He, I yeah, don't man. I, yeah. I, 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 it's crazy how I feel like people need to talk about that more. How he's literally been out like what two months now? Maybe yeah. less. Maybe a little less. But at least Damn, a month. Thirty straight games, bro. He missed a month straight. for being. I mean, I don't know, I, and I haven't really read into like what the actual like injury is, but it has to be something somewhat scary. Um, whiplash, considering like how, yeah, like the whiplash. Like, I don't know, you're you out for more than a month with you know whiplash. Like that's a little scary to me. Um, that's like getting in football territory in terms of Jeez. give me the heebie-jeebies. But yeah, man. It would be uh, be nice to have Marquise Morris on the team. It'd be nice to have a few other guys. We won't uh, we won't start throwing a pity party yet for us uh, until the fat lady sings. We've yeah. already we've already lamented all that enough to kick off this season when we're all down in the dumps. Things it's are a crazy. Little bit. I forgot about him, man. <laughs> I forgot about Marquise. I kind of yeah. did too, honestly. When you started saying, it, I'm like, oh yeah, we kind of just let Marquise go to the wayside, but. Oh, well, anyways, we'll see what the Lakers uh, do at the trade deadline in a month. They have the Trey Young and the Hawks on Friday night, uh, tomorrow night, whenever you're listening to us. That'll probably do it for Walt and me for today's podcast. We will talk to you again next week. Uh, If you got this far in the episode, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Uh, Walt, I'm sure, shares the same thoughts. Uh, means the world to me, honestly, that anyone who's listened to us got this far in the podcast. Uh, Walt, I'm same. sure you can say the same. Same to be honest, man. Thank y'all for tuning in and for uh, you know, staying up with us, man. We appreciate it, and we just want to just want to enjoy some Laker basketball, man. Is that too much to ask? Is Absolutely. It- <laughs> is it too much to ask to get two games over 500 and then do a little bit more? I I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. We'll see. We'll see if the Lakers can win on Friday night, get the 21 to 19. But till then, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Uh, this is Donnie McHenry. That is Chris Walton, aka Walt. And like I said, we will see you guys next time. See y'all, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. <laughs>